next year um, and beyond that, yeah, they might be better, but they've got a, an Alabama problem. They've got an Auburn problem. Uh, if, if Lane ends up at LSU, they'll have an LSU problem. So, you know, oh boy, I, I, oh boy. Know the, I can't wait. Yeah, I know, right? What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 140 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and today we have another interview podcast. We've received a lot of positive feedback on Twitter on these interviews that my co-host Tony Waller has been cranking out lately. During our last episode, Tony chatted it up with Michael Felder of Stadium, and this time, Mr. Waller has Barrett Sally of CBS Sports on for a pretty quick yet interesting SEC-heavy college football discussion. And yes, you heard it correctly in that cold open. Barrett mentioned Lane Kiffin, so make sure to stick around to hear what he has to say on that. Spend the next 15 minutes checking out what the two of them have to say and hang around to the end of this podcast where Barrett talks about a fundraiser that he's doing for Epilepsy of Georgia. Barrett suffered an epileptic seizure last year and you'll find out more about his road to recovery via the link we'll have in the show notes where you can also click to donate and support him. And a couple of housekeeping items before we start. Mark your calendars for Tuesday, August 22nd. Sometime in the morning, that'll be when we release our big Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast Georgia preview show. I'm pretty excited about that. Also, we should have a limited amount of t-shirts. Yes, official Waiting Since Last Saturday t-shirts should be available sometime the end of this month. And we think we'll be able to have you uh, order them online via our website, but I've got to figure out how to actually do that first. But I'm on it. <laughs> Check out Twitter sometime this week. I'll tweet out a photo of the proof, and I'm going to go ahead and put up a photo of the proof on our Facebook page right now. So check that out too. Okay, on to the show and a heads up with the audio real quick. There's some minor buffering on the Skype call at times, but it's not that bad. <laughs> Please enjoy the Tony Waller Barrett Sally interview. Barrett, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate you taking the time this morning. It's my pleasure. Hey, we're getting in the short rows. Uh, what, something like 13 days away before football kicks off? Yeah, it's uh, it's around the corner. Week zero in a few uh, in a couple weekends, and then uh, things get going big time in a couple weeks on a Thursday that is kind of lackluster by Thursday standards, but still, it's Thursday night college football, and everybody's going to be watching anyway. Yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to work out a plan so I can go over that Kennesaw State Georgia State game just to see <laughs> just to see a football game in Turner Field or whatever they're calling it now. So. Yeah, I hadn't been there yet. I'd like to see that, though. Yeah, uh, so so uh, Leach, Will Leach goes over there every year for that game, takes his kid, and I'm just our kids, and I'm like, ah, i got to go to one of them soon. So, all right, so first off, let's let's go ahead and establish a baseline. Um, so you hated Georgia last year. <laughs> hated them with all my heart. Passion. I <laughs> so, didn't think they'd do anything. It's so funny. Uh, I love your responses on Twitter. To folks who can't tell, that's straight-up sarcasm. Um, you actually got on on online with me last year and exactly said said exactly what games we would win lose and how we would end the season. I, I thought it was was pretty interesting. So um, I appreciate your your faith, and we'll get to UJ in a minute. But I do want to talk a little bit as you're the national writer for the SEC at CBS Sports. What do you see going on in the SEC this year? And staying away from Georgia, I'm talking about big picture stuff. I mean, kind of like last year where there were three legit title contending teams. I mean, I, I think we'd all agree that obviously Alabama and Georgia were. And then, I mean, you look at Auburn. I mean, I, I firmly believe that when they were on, they were the best team in the country. Uh, the problem is when they were off, they were far below what Georgia was and what Alabama was. And ultimately, that's what cost them the shot at the playoffs. So I think it's going to be more of the same. I, I think you're going to see Georgia basically roll through the East 
which is, you know, I think basically everybody's expectation at this point, unless you want to be a contrarian just for contrarian's sake. And then in the West, to me, I, I think the Iron Bowl will decide the division for the third time since the divisional split. Both of those other times, you know, Auburn has won, but both of those games were at Jordan Hare Stadium. This one's going to be in Brian Denny Stadium. So I think it's going to be a lot like that. And then when you go beyond that, I think there's a pretty hefty group of of teams that are capable of, of winning really any week, but you don't necess- I don't think necessarily they'll be as consistent as they need to be. And, and that's South Carolina, maybe Florida, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. I think those teams are the ones you sort of have to watch out for because while I don't necessarily think they can win SEC championships, they sure as hell can have a say in, in who does. And uh, that's, I think, what I'm most excited about is to uh, is to just sort of see, you know, which of those teams pull upsets and what those upsets mean for the rest of the conference. Yeah, it, it, just thinking about Auburn for a minute, what do you think is the source of the schizophrenic nature of Auburn's season last year, and what does that mean for this year? Well, I, you know, I think Auburn actually was – they actually found themselves a little bit um, last season because – you know, in November, they started incorporating more slants, more crossing routes, trusting Jarrett Stidham more, and obviously it worked very, very well. So uh, to me, I think that's going to be something that uh, I'm excited to see them build off of this year because when you look at, at what Auburn is capable of with Stidham back, they can throw the ball. Now, running the ball is, is a little bit of a concern considering there's nobody there, but that's relative based on on what Auburn is. So um I think the schizophrenia last year, like you said, was really because they more or less had one option for most of the season. And that cost them the Clemson game. It cost them the LSU game. And I think Gus Malzahn really didn't know how to coach earlier in the year. Uh, I think he did, um, you know, later in uh, in the year. And I think that's what led to their run in November. And when they enter this season, I think you're going to see um, a much more confident, a much more relaxed, a much more a, a much more stable program that is not going to have those ultimate lows because I think they understand. Hey, you know what? Yeah, Carryon Johnson was great last year, but they a have to do something different just to take pressure off the running game, but b can do something different uh, to take something off off the uh, the running game. So I think that's the biggest stories to me is, is story to me is is that Auburn's going to be more balanced. They know what it takes to win at a high level, and Gus Malzahn figured himself out as a head coach. Yeah, it, you know, it's interesting. I think um, the, the fun part about what the SEC could be this year wholly depends on wholly depends on Malzahn. Um, and then you, you get Mississippi State with Moorhead, and they're going to be a really fun team to watch. And I, I'm really curious kind of what you think, um, what Moorhead means and what you're hearing and kind of how he's incorporated himself into a very different culture in Starkville. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what goes down there because Joe has experience as a head coach, but not necessarily big game experience, uh, big school experience. I think he's an, an offensive wizard, and I think that will certainly help him, especially with the offensive pieces they have coming back. I am a little concerned as to how he's going to manage the game because he hasn't done this an awful lot. He did it at Fordham, but um, this is a little different. So, uh, you know, I, I think when it comes to Mississippi State, I think, like I said, they're in that group of, of really good teams, but not great teams. And and I think what is going to really change for them is what happens when they have their C game, because I don't think they're very good with their C game, but they're better than a team like Ole Miss. They're better with it, better than a team like Texas A&M. But 
if those teams are on, they can win and win big over Mississippi State. So I think Mississippi State is, I wouldn't say getting a, uh, an inordinate amount of, of hype or an unnecessary amount of hype because they are good. But I think it's a little uh, premature to say, okay, they are cut and dry the number three team in the SEC West. And I think a lot of people have said that. And I think a lot of people have suggested that it's not even close. And I, I just, I don't see that. I, I, I see Ole Miss and, and Texas A&M uh, in that discussion as well. They may not have as low of floors than uh, as Mississippi State does, but I think they probably have higher ceilings. So it probably just depends on, on which Mississippi State team you get on any given day as to what, what they actually are capable of. And also thinking about Texas A&M, one quick question about Jimbo Fisher. Um, any chance he earns all that $75 million, or is he the next in a long line of A&M coaches that leave for only winning eight to nine games? Well, he ain't gonna he ain't gonna win it this year. He ain't gonna earn no. it this year. I think. No, I meant long term. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, I think long term maybe. Uh, I think the biggest thing with him is when does Nick Saban retire, and how good is Gus Malzahn when Nick Saban retires? Those are the two things I think he has to worry about. I I don't necessarily love Jimbo Fisher um, in terms of what uh, what he is as um, you know a consistent head coach. I think he's stubborn at times. I think he and uh, a lot of instances puts too much on his quarterback. So this year, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. Next year um, and beyond that, yeah, they might be better, but they've got a, an Alabama problem. They've got an Auburn problem. Uh, if, if Lane ends up at LSU, they'll have an LSU problem. So, you know, oh boy, I, I, oh boy. Really know I can't wait. Yeah, I know, right? Um, you know, I, I just think it depends. I, I think it, if, when Saban retires, it, it's going to change the dynamic of the SEC West. Maybe that helps Texas A&M. But until that point, I, just, I don't see him earning that paycheck. Luckily, he does have 10 years to, to sort of figure it out. Yeah, I guess that's it. They're going to pay him either way. Um, so, yep. you know, kind of looking at the national picture, um, and I'm, I'm intentionally not asking you about individual games, although I'm going to ask you about one. I mean, that Auburn-Washington game to start the season is a really, really intriguing matchup, at least in my mind. Um, I mean, those, those, those games are fun. Yeah, how, how do you think that goes down? Well, you know, I think the biggest thing is is Auburn's defensive front against uh, uh, Washington's uh, offensive line and Miles Gaskin. Because I think offensive line wise, Washington's pretty set. They've got four four guys returning and, and even more experience returning. So I think that's what's going to tell the tale of, of that uh, that game is is how Auburn's defensive front, which is fantastic, um, deals with with what Miles Gaskin that group brings to the table. And at the same time, I think it'll be fun to watch Jarrett Stidham and those receivers go after a really experienced secondary. So it's a, it's a, I know Auburn and Washington aren't necessarily the super programs in college football. You know, they're not Alabama, Clemson, um, you know, Ohio state, even throw Georgia in that mix. Although, I mean, Georgia's still relatively new to that. I do think that it's, um, it, it's, it's one of those games that features two teams that are right below those two, those teams in that tier. And I think it can go a long way towards one, the winner, um, you know, sort of elevating itself to potentially that tier and, and spark a, a college football playoff run. So I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's going to come down to uh, Auburn's defensive front and how, how consistent and solid they are. Um, and I'm excited to, to see what happens if Washington wins uh, because they may suddenly become a Pac-12 superpower. And on the flip side, if Auburn wins, you know, I, I know a lot of people are focused on their schedule. I mean, that's the one of the biggest hurdles. And I don't think LSU at home is a big hurdle at all. So um, you know, I, I think when you you look at Auburn, get past that one, 
get past LSU in week three, which I think they will, um, then then their their road is not as as you know rocky as I think people are making it out to be. Yeah, any other national storylines people should pay attention to besides you know Ed Oliver deserving to get invited to New York and not. <laughs> well, he yeah he will, he will deserve to go to New York. There's no doubt about that. Um, you no, know, I think the biggest thing is is really what happens beyond this season at a place like LSU. You know, because there's not and Michigan too. Because uh, Harbaugh's not on the hot seat, but he will be next year if he disappoints. Orgeron certainly is on the hot seat, and so I, I think when it comes to um, those two programs, they're kind of hinge years. And if LSU fires O, then what happens then? If, if Michigan doesn't seem to be getting it with with Harbaugh what happens next year so I think those are two storylines that I'm fascinated by and you know the, the two with Jalen thing whatever Alabama's still going to be good um Georgia's going to be fine Ohio State with Urban you know we'll see what happens there uh, but I, I'm more interested to see power programs like LSU um you know find out what the next step is is that with Orgeron is that without Joe Oliva the AD is that with somebody like Lane Kiffin I I think that this season is going to actually tell that tale and tell it in a way that uh, could potentially change a lot in terms of the dynamic of the, the college football world. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. So you know, shifting gears real quickly, um, you know, I, you have put some information out on Twitter. Of course, you, you had a health scare last year. I'd love for you to share um, just how folks can support your the fundraiser you have been talking about and what people can do to raise awareness for the things you went through. Yeah, I had two seizures last fall. I appreciate the, the opportunity. I had two seizures last fall. Um, for those that don't know, uh, epilepsy, by and large, cannot be diagnosed in terms of what you see in, the, in an EEG. Um, I think it's only like 37% of, uh, of epileptics have something specific on their EEG that you can see. So they couldn't find one for me, uh, but with two, with two seizures, that is confirmed epileptic based on on how the medicine works. So uh, pinned to the top of my profile on my Twitter page uh, is a link to donate to uh, the Epilepsy Foundation of Georgia. I'm running into the uh, Magnolia Run 5K on Saturday uh, around Perimeter Mall. And uh, there's a link there where you can donate. It's, uh, it can be anonymous. You can put your name on it. You can tell people how much you donated. You can tell people that you, did, that you just donated and not speci- specify a specific uh, amount. So uh, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, tip into the top of my profile again. Um, just go to Barrett Salee, two RSTTs, two L's and two E's. It's right there. Um, you know, People have donated as little as five and as much as 500. So any little bit uh, helps for sure. Well, Barrett, I'm glad you're doing well. I, I, you know, I, I started the podcast by talking about you catching flack from people because everyone either thinks you're a shill or shill for or hate a particular team. Um, guys, you, you need to follow Barrett. There is no more open... Uh, interesting follow. He stands by the things he talks about, um, and he will absolutely call himself out when he is wrong. And Barrett, I appreciate your openness and your approach to college football, and I think we're all smarter and richer for your coverage. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate the kind words. No problem, Barrett. Thanks, man. And thanks so much for listening, and thanks to Barrett for taking time out of his busy schedule for our podcast. And it was adorable hearing your son, I think that's your son, saying daddy during the interview. I know Tony appreciates it, but Will and I appreciate it as well. The link to Barrett's fundraiser will be in the show notes page of this episode, and you can follow him at Barrett Sally on Twitter. That's, as he says, 
two R's, two T's, two L's, and two E's. Barrett Sally. So remember, we'll have some T-shirts that you will be able to order very soon. I think we've ordered about 50 of them. Not, that's not that many. And between the kids and wives that Tony, Will, and I have, that didn't sound right. <laughs> we have wives, but there's three of us and there's three wives. But we have eight kids between us. That's like 14 people. Anyway, point being, we've designed this shirt We'd like to do more, but 14 of them have already been spoken for and just wanted to gauge the interest first with our listeners. If you'd like to check out the design, it will be on the Facebook page right now. Just type in waiting in the search box or waiting since last Saturday and it should pop up. We'll have a pickup and let you see what the shirt looks like. Yeah, less than two weeks till the start of college football and we are excited. I know you're excited and not for nothing. Thanks for the recent iTunes reviews that we've received. Y'all are great. Really, they're, they're great. We'll see you on campus very soon. And as always, go dogs.